It seems like we just did this for Tokyo, and here it is six months later already. Time to talk about our favorite Utah features. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and all you curious individuals that I always say with the utmost love and respect, welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. And in this episode, this is our first time we have four, count them, four guests, co-hosts, whatever you want to call them, on an episode of Breakpoint. You have all Four of the current ServiceNow developer advocates. So let's go around and do some quick hellos and introductions. Hey there, everybody. Uh, great to be here. My name is Lauren McManaman. I am the penultimately new <laughs> uh, developer advocate. Hey, everyone. My name is Pranav, and I'm the newest developer advocate. It's like 44 days plus for me, passing to Earl. Hi, everyone. My name is Earl Duque. I am also a developer advocate for ServiceNow. I feel like I'm still new here, but I'm second oldest developer <laughs> advocate at this point to just Chuck. That's wild to me. <laughs> it doesn't take long to be a senior member of anything. <laughs> That's great. I am so excited to have everybody here. And one of our favorite topics for the listener, we have spent the last, what, two, two and a half months getting content together for Utah. We are very excited. We're going to, we've got our Tech Now webinar. We've got two months of creator toolbox and podcasts and blogs and live coding happy hour and who knows what else coming at you. What you can all find over at devlink.sn slash Utah. We'll have that in the show notes as well. So we have a killer episode of Breakpoint for you today. So we're just going to go round robin of some of our favorite Utah features that we got as we were picking up and practicing and, and doing all this stuff. Lauren, kick us off with your number one. Well, as a former member of the Creator Workflows SC team, I'd be remiss to pick something that's not in App Engine as my favorite feature for Utah. As I was going through the list, I was reminiscing a lot about how the versions in the past like changed my mind about development on ServiceNow. Like I remember how amazed I was when App Engine Studio came out because it lowered the bar of entry for development of applications. And I think that Utah finally brings that to UI design with the workspace builder. So everyone's been getting really comfy with UIB and the technical prowess that's needed to really have a strong command of it. But with workspace builder, it dramatically lowers that entry point. Now you can make these really beautiful workspaces uh, in relatively like a short amount of time. Think of guided app creator for workspaces. Uh, it really walks you through the pieces needed and why they're important and how to build them in just a few clicks of a button. So definitely, definitely my pick for number one in Utah. Okay, I'm crossing that off my favorite list now. <laughs> I, I, definitely, <laughs> I, figured, I figured. Yeah, you, you, you definitely picked a winner there. That that. I, I toyed around with it for just a little bit before the recording, and it's actually, I, I feel like I can finally build a decent workspace. Pranav, what have you got? 
All right, so I think the first feature that I'm really excited is about the PDA support for the RP. RP now you can utilize RP Hub in your PDAs. I still remember like uh, when you folks were doing a creator toolbox with Karthik, who was the product manager for RPA. Instantly, I just stopped the video in the middle. I was watching a recap because it was too late. I went back to the PDA search like, is it RP available? My heart was like, it's not for sure, Pranav, don't look into it. But as a curious developer, I was finding it and it was not available. So when when I saw it's available now, so I was like super excited. I like really waiting to get my hands dirty on RPA on the personal developer engines. So guys, make sure you check out, get to your personal developer engines before the Utah release comes up. Or it, I think it will be there already when... Uh, when we have this podcast published. So that's my number one feature. Uh, do you have any ideas in mind of what you want to do with RPA Hub on your PDI? To be honest, I'll just play around with it as of now. I won't try any business use case, maybe build some stupid automation for <laughs> for sending birthday wishes to everyone on WhatsApp or something <laughs> I'll do great. I know Lauren would do something like, let's scan Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering or something. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's the beauty about it. You can do anything. When you have the RP, it's like a bot which you can utilize anywhere. So yeah, yep. go around with it. I think when uh, we started doing RPA Hub uh, and RPA robot stuff on our shows and in live presentations, I think the number one question that we always received was, is it available on our PDIs? And we always had to keep telling people like, no, not yet, not yet, but it's finally here. So that was also keeping to the theme of stealing each other's ideas. Uh, yeah, that was one of my highlights too. For, my, <laughs> uh, for the first thing I want to highlight, uh, I kind of have a theme of quality of life stuff that I wish was just around when I was doing more active development. And uh, mine... My first one I want to go to actually has a nice context of why it's one of my favorite things, and it's Dark Theme. Uh, back in San Diego last year, we introduced the Dark Theme, but it wasn't all-encompassing. Now it's much more encompassing, and why? I just... Now I can actually skip through my tabs on my browser at nighttime and not be fearful of blinding myself whenever I get to a ServiceNow tab, because lists, forms, dashboards, oh my, like all those things have dark um, dark mode support. And st still to this day, my number one GitHub repository that has the most stars and the most uh, collaborations of everybody across tech, not even just in ServiceNow, is hacking a dark theme into a popular chat client that didn't support dark mode and they finally added one eventually. So the GitHub is deprecated now, but everyone wanted that so much. And I had one of the most popular re repositories on getting a dark mode into that app. Uh, and so now finally seeing uh, it's, I, I've, I've gone into the view too, and it's beautiful. It's all, it's all dark and it's much easier on my eyes. I just, I love it. It's everything. It's not just lists and forms, but uh, knowledge service catalog, uh, virtual agent clients are using dark theme now uh, and, and more. So I'm just so glad to see that finally hit, hit something that is very important to developers and gamers alike. <laughs> 100% agree with Earl actually. I personally like 
when I got uh, to know that the dark mode is coming up, that was that really was such an exciting moment for me, like a couple of release back. And now it's so much refined. Once you guys try it, you'll feel the difference. Yeah, it, it is a bit shocking when you're going dark, 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 and all of a sudden you get blasted with white background going, ah, my redness. Oh. <laughs> all right, on to me. My first up is some fine slight refinements to the script editor, something we use all the time, whether we're doing script includes business rules, UI actions, whatever. Anytime you're doing your JavaScript on the platform, any little enhancement helps. There's now a preview window off to the right. Got to make sure I'm on uh, doing this right. You know, much like you see in VS Code or many others where you've got sort of this map of what you've got, how long is your script and where's the indentation. You can scroll right to the right place and... Uh, that's very handy. They've also made the expand collapse little twisty triangles by the line numbers. They're hidden when you're not on that little side tray on the left. If you hover over it, they show up. If something is collapsed, it will show up. So it, it, it makes it a lot cleaner and they're bigger. So they're easier to spot, which I just, I, I do still do a lot of scripting. So any enhancement to the script editor, and I'm told there's more coming on the roadmap, but safe harbor, safe harbor, safe harbor, safe harbor. Yeah, that type of stuff it really genuinely helps ServiceNow's IDE feel much more like a like a pr- like predominantly strong IDE. <laughs> like navigating that stuff, especially when you get so deep into the code, you're really flowing. Sometimes those little things, you're like, oh, I wish they had that. So when they get added, you're just like, oh my gosh, they finally got the thing. It feels so nice. Back to you, Lauren. Back to me. Well, I'm trying, my list is, I, Earl's theme are general enhancements to the overall vibe and feel of service now. I think mine are kind of going back to what I noticed a lot from uh, when my, right when I left the SC team, what my customers were asking for the most. Um, a genuine problem that a lot of my customers had was not like not knowing how to use App Engine or not having the tools they needed to build, but what to build. That was like one of the biggest questions they had is like, I don't even know where to start. A lot of them were looking at like their ERP platforms and thinking, oh my gosh, we have all this data. We don't even know where to begin though. Like it's just impossible to consider without having experts both in ServiceNow and their ERP like actively collaborating, which is just impossible to get coordinated. Um, So my second pick would be the ERP customization mining or ECM. Yes. it basically, in layman's terms, I've watched a really in-depth uh, demo on it, and I, <laughs> it was almost too technical for me, but when it was put in layman's terms, it really made sense. And essentially, it'll work with uh, currently only the SAP platform, uh, but Safe Harbor, Safe Harbor, other ones soon to come, that will go through your platform and rank the customizations that have been made based off of complexity that would be genuinely appropriate to uh, integrate with ServiceNow. And not only that, but when you're building an app that is integrating the two, it will even make like suggestions on app templates if there are any in existence that are appropriate. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is it is unbelievable. I could not believe what I was seeing in the demo. Uh, and I think it will genuinely help so many people that already have considerable progress, especially in both platforms and can bring that progress to a union point. It's just, it's huge. Well, it's been such a problem. I came from, at one point I was an ERP administrator on a different platform. It wasn't SAP. It was one of their competitors, but, uh, 
Yeah, customization, it, it was so funny going into this. The mantra was, we're not going to customize, we're not going to customize, <laughs> we're not going to customize. Five years, six years later is when we've got all of the manufacturing sites up and running. It is customized to the moon and back. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And you find yourself in upgrade problems. I mean, they literally ran that same release for, what was it, 18 years before they went to an upgrade? Because it was just so difficult. So a lot of our ERP customers are seeing this same problem. And what they're trying to do is exactly what ServiceNow does well in their ERP system. They're trying to make a workflow. They're trying to mine out the data and they're trying to make a process flow. Hey, hand that off to us and with an integration back to your SAP system at this point, we can do that for you. It, it, it's like, this is gold <laughs> because then you unshackle, you decouple the the workflow piece of that from your ERP system, meaning less customizations. I won't say no customization, but less customization so that your upgrades to that very expensive platform become more feasible. You can take advantage of their latest release. Just like you want to take advantage of our latest release, keep your technical debt, keep those High risk. I'm not even going to use the word customization with our platform. <laughs> Wrote that article. It's on the blog. Go look at it. Uh, you know, high risk, technical debt, whatever you want to call it. Keep those to a minimum so that you can keep your upgrade path and get value from the latest features that we provide or SAP provides. So uh, I, m my passion on that one is over the top. That's perfect. Off you, Pranav. What's up for next? Yeah, I think the ERP stuff. This is this is awesome. Like I, I'm very new to the ERP space, but one while hearing you, I think it's it's something great. I need to try it also. I need to see the demo that you're talking about. And coming to what I love about uh, one of the new, it's a new product that came up. It's the automation center. So I think you uh, folks have heard about automation center. It's more of like, in short, it's a more of like a command and control center of all your automation. So the thing that I like about this product is like, this is a central place where you can visualize all your automation that are happening in your environment. It can be an RP automation. It can be service now flow automation. So you can visualize Visualize those things and you can, it's, it's very easy like to eliminate certain repetitive automation. I, I have in the past, like what I have seen with other customers, like we already have a workflow. I'm just talking about workflow because there are a lot of people, customers who are using workflow. And once workflow gets really complicated, you don't even know that there is a particular component that you have already made. That's why we always recommend now to move to flow. So in that, I remember building almost a similar component multiple times because we didn't even know that that particular functionality was existing. Now with Automation Center, you can basically view all the automations. And also if there is a repetitive thing that uh, that is there, ServiceNow AI models will automatically let us know that there is already an existing automation like this and you can utilize it rather than creating your own. So the product team has worked a lot on this product. And this is something I'm really excited about and wanted to try. Like I've been seeing some demos and all from the product team and they're really promising. So this is one of my favorite. Awesome. I'm going to actually piggyback on your highlight, Pranav, and say that uh, some of the flow designer stuff that I think is uh, improving in Utah 
kind of reflects that idea of getting rid of some repetitive stuff. And you said from the top down of like, hey, it's going to notice you're doing repetitive stuff here and there. But from the developer standpoint of me creating flows in Flow Designer, there's a lot of quality of life improvements that are going to be very useful to me personally as I move forward with things, especially stuff like, oh, the one I'm thinking about is the ability to now convert actions uh, that you're creating in a flow into a subflow. And so, I mean, we, we, we kind of drive this point home a lot with people of saying like, start with subflows and try to make things, um, if that are repetitive in a subflow so that you can use it in multiple flows or even nested in other subflows. But for me as a developer, honestly, when I get an idea to start building stuff, I just jump straight in and I, I sometimes forget where I am. And I honestly just start on flow and start building from there. And then by the time I realize, you know, I probably should have made this in a subflow. It's like, okay, now I have to recreate my work. But in Utah, now I have, we're, they're giving us the ability to simply highlight the actions that we want to take and convert them into a subflow and then it automatically will take those actions put it in a subflow and then place that subflow in place where you're where it was in the flow which is like oh man now we can start saying to people that hey make sure to convert it to subflow instead of saying hey rebuild that all in subflow what are you doing that <laughs> there's some best practices there but that quality of life i mean i said earlier my my theme is quality of life improvements but additional flow designer stuff there's stuff like uh you can prioritize flows now uh, which is great um you can as in prioritize certain flows over other flows uh you can from an action when you're building a new action you can see which flows are utilizing that action and even see which ones are active or not uh, which is super helpful because then you know what kind of things you're affecting when you're editing an action, which is a huge deal, because if you're building actions to be repetitive and re- or to be usable by multiple uh, flows, context, departments, developers, then you need to know who you might be affecting upstream. And what's cool is you can actually jump into the flow from the action now, uh, from the action that's being utilized by that flow. It's kind of like a backlink. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're in a database, right? It's a we should be able to go back and forth between records at will. So yeah, it's we a pointer. <laughs> yeah, we do that in the the UI all the time on lists and forms and stuff like that. So now now we have that in flow designer, which is nice. A lot of things again. I wish this was releases ago, but we're here now. <laughs> My favorite saying, where was this when I was a kid? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, curse you, Earl, you stole my flow designer, or at least some of it. And since you grouped a couple together, I'm going to do the same with Next Experience. There are some wonderful enhancements, two of which are uh, the cross-menu search. So many times I go, I've got like favorites pinned to the left, and I go in there and I say, mid-server. There's no mid-server in my favorites. Although if I'm searching for it frequently enough, there should be, right? Well, it just comes up and goes, no results. It's empty. You lose. Well, I should go to the all menu and type the same thing. Well, in Utah, it's going to search across all the menus. So if you type mid-server in favorites or history or something, it's like, yeah, I got that. But it's really, you know, I'm going to help you out and say, there's other results here from other menus that include mid-server. Is that what you want? Yes, yes, that's what I want. Thank you. Since I saw this in a video about a month and a half ago, I've, I've get, I'm beginning mad at my Tokyo instance for not having it. 
that happened just last week, right, Chuck? We were talking and I I said, man, I wish that these things were combined. And then Chuck said, yeah, in Utah. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> just just got to hold out a few more days, a few more days. Yeah. Uh, the other one is grouped favorites. Now, uh, if you're like me and you've got years and years of favorites, I mean, I always have studio, flow designer, you know, the common developer tools, and then I've got a grouping of whatever app I'm working on, and it, it, they, they need to be grouped. You just don't want this long, linear list. So I discovered there was a table behind the scenes to manage these bookmark groups. They used to be called bookmarks before they were favorites. So if you know the tables, you can go in there and hack, hack together a solution. There's some odd things like, hey, this table doesn't even have a display value field set. So it's going to show me a sys ID in a reference field. Ugly, ugly, ugly. It was a bit of backward, backward hacking. I did a video on this on the community live stream, like 2017, 2018, whatever it was, as a hacky workaround. Uh, then we discovered that kind of broke if you tried modifying your favorites in next experience. Wait, oops. Right, so I have not been able to edit my favorites in groups until Utah. It's like, yes, people can officially, when you click that little thing to edit your favorites, it comes up on the left side and says, now, do you want to group some of these together? These are my system ones or my developer ones, studio, uh, flow designer, you know, schedule jobs, whatever you want to put in your favorites there. And you can expand and collapse those in the favorites list. So now when you're working on something specific, you can collapse the rest, which is always nice. So that one, that one is like, yay, finally got that. Don't have to hack. I should probably delist that uh, video. <laughs> unless, unless you're really <laughs> curious about the backend tables. The olden days. <laughs> Back to you, Lauren. Let's do one more round. Well, now that I've vouched for my old customers twice, I think it's time I pick a, a rather selfish <laughs> selfish one that I just personally really enjoy. Um, it's kind of a combo pack. Table Builder got some interesting improvements this year. Uh, first and foremost being the, the end-all be-all that people have been asking for for a long time, which is whenever you're using... Um, integration hub to help create a table. So you're you're taking a spreadsheet and in, in importing it and basing it off that spreadsheet. One, you can now check to see that that is also being built off of an extended table, which is phenomenal. Yes. So now you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, similar to what Earl said, oftentimes when you're building, you're building and then you think, oh, I should extend that from this table. But now you kind of can't because you missed it when you imported it in the first place or you didn't do it first and then import. So now that problem is completely resolved. And on top of that, as someone that builds a lot of apps between like workshops and labs and stuff like that, um, now when you are selecting from the list of extended tables, ta-da, we finally moved the five or six vastly most common ones to the top of the list, which is such a simple change, but revolutionizes <laughs> scrolling through like a hundred tables to find sysuser instead of impuser. And they also describe them too. So I think the ones at the top that have been moved as like now recommended extended tables are task, of course, configuration item, asset, service, and I think user. So those five are now described they're moved to the top, and then everything else is kind of below those those top five. Nice. One more, Pranav? Yeah, I think like you folks has you folks have covered all the features that were in part of my list. Sorry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this, 
one feature that I I when I saw it, I was like, why it was not available when I was building an integration in the past? It is testing a REST app in isolation. So basically, like now you don't have to run the whole flow. You can just simply test a particular REST app and provide some runtime values. So it will make testing a lot easier. I remember like I was working on one of the integration with Zendex, like it was completely custom and what i was trying to do was uh, like run the flow again the whole flow again to test it and it was like I, I ran the flow i think more than 20 times because i was making small small errors in the middle and now finally i'm i when i saw this feature i was like man it would have reduced my time a lot so this is one of the cool feature i'm really interested about and side by side a bonus thing on this now you can also convert your old rest messages into uh into rest steps also so you you can just see uh yeah. if you haven't if you haven't watched the tech now video you can you should watch it just now so we have covered that particular feature so yeah this was one feature i'm glad you mentioned that one because i often use a rest message with one or more methods underneath it as sort of a prototype as a staging area to say can i communicate with this service what am I getting back for payloads, for error messages, et cetera? And to be able to say, now that it's working, let's convert it to a rest step. It's like, what? That's 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 big for me anyway, as, as someone who loves integrations. Well, yes, that was like really one of the cool features I can say because people have a lot of rest messages configured. Now I can go back and I'll try to convert the Yahoo web, weather widget that <laughs> comes in out of the box to the rest to the rest app. Let's see. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Okay, Earl. My, I think my last one and this is not really my last one because I had like 12 of these and you all picked the same ones as me. So <laughs> I'm now uh, going uh, into my deep bag. But the last one I want to mention, I think I would want to say a small change. And we've talked about this before and it's ECMAScript 2021, our version of it in ServiceNow. It's a newer thing. So if you're a veteran to ServiceNow, you are used to a version of JavaScript that is from 2015 or sometime before that. But uh, some time ago, I think, was it in Tokyo, we introduced a newer version of JavaScript that had a lot more stuff, but we didn't have it as a default. We had it as an opt-in kind of thing so that whenever you created a new app, you actually had to choose the new JavaScript engine. Uh, but now we are defaulting all new apps to the newest JavaScript engine, which is great. The newest version of uh, ServiceNow's uh, ECMAScript, which is great because a lot of people that are coming into the system that are not veterans are going to be expecting some of these things to be uh, available to them. And when they encounter the the script editor's uh, errors saying that they can't utilize it, that that is a weird thing to experience, but now we're defaulting new apps to the newest version. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, we do have a nice lengthy blog explaining this. So check it out at devlink.sn slash ES2021. And then you'll be able to see all the different things that if you're a veteran to ServiceNow and you learn JavaScript through ServiceNow and 
you want to see what new things you can do, like arrow functions, mapping, uh, symbols, uh, default parameters, template strings, literals, uh, destructuring, all these cool stuff. Uh, you can check out that block to see all the new things that are available to you when you start creating new apps in newer versions of newer releases of ServiceNow. And it's just, it's just a small thing that now it's default instead of opt-in that will make it easier for newer people coming in because newer people coming in when they are not sure or are they or are they learning ServiceNow or learning JavaScript for the first time, your first inclination is to Google, how do I do this in JavaScript? And usually it uh, you'll get an answer that might have newer versions of JavaScript utilized in it. And now it's going to be default and that's great. That's perfect. And it means it's more accessible to people joining ServiceNow. And that's what I always want. There's more people joining service now because it changed my life and love it. Need it for everybody. We can now. hold our head up high in the JavaScript community now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Way to stick with the quality of life theme, Earl. Well, well played. Uh, my final one is on mobile. We don't talk about mobile too much on, on this series for whatever reason, but we're going to. One of the things that I get used to in using a desktop environment is being able to be logged into multiple instances at any given time. I know I can go back the next morning and like my credentials, my session is still available and go just jump on this instance, take a look around and we're done. That has not been the case with mobile. It's been attached to one instance at a time. In Utah, we will now have multi-instance connectability and be able to switch between them at a moment's notice. And any alerts from any one of those currently active instance connections will come through on your mobile device. So it says, hey, you know, you've got something to approve. Or, hey, something went to P1, you should check it out. You can click that notification and it will take you to that instance. If you've got multiple instances that you're logged into, there's an icon in the, I think it's the upper right or upper left of each of the launcher screens that says, yep, you've got, you've got choices here. So you can you can kind of like just as easily as changing browser tabs on the desktop, you'll be able to switch between instances on your mobile device, which I think is wicked cool. We've had mobile since Madrid, which is now what four years ago. Maybe uh, I, I can't do my alphabet math quick enough to do that, but it's been a while. This is uh, one of those feels like it should have been here a while ago, but you know, we 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 always put out. MVP first and then iterate on it based on customers' feedback and suggestions, which we will continue to do. So as you see some of these new features, new new capabilities, new products, let us know. Definitely get in touch. That's why well, part of our charter is to get customer feedback and get the product teams engaged with our MVP community, for example. But that shouldn't be limited to just MVPs. Anyone can do that. All right, I want to do something that this crew had not expected, and that is go around and, and see if there's any leftovers on your list. Just a quick hot round. You don't even have to tell too much about it. Just what's on your list that people should watch out for? Uh, I think uh, the last couple ones on my list, I really like the uh, for creating custom templates now, they actually tell you why it's not working, which is great. I love not fumbling around the dark. <laughs> it's like coding without error codes. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah if you're scripting, it just yeah. error it's like so now instead of fumbling around the dark, you actually know what you're doing wrong, which is phenomenal. 
Um, and on top of that, they added some really awesome uh, experience-based analytics to App Engine Management Center. So those are my two like dangling chads that were <laughs> were unaddressed uh, that I would definitely show as highlights as well. Pranav, what do you got? So uh, last time uh, when you were asked, you asked me this thing. I said like you guys have taken all the features. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one thing like I can certainly ask developers to try the new document intelligence UI, the new admin experience, and uh, the way it's extracting data. So you you should definitely try it now. If you have tried in the past, so you can certainly see a lot of differences. There are tons of improvements that are done on the product now it is more refined so you should definitely try it out uh i if we're doing a lightning round i'll do a lightning round for myself uh sure. i like i we have guided tours and next experience we can duplicate components in ui builder via right click and we have optional activities in process automation designer or pad for short now those are the three things that were still rounding out my list that i didn't get to mention but yeah there's let's it, there's a, a lot of stuff going on in utah that's just makes things easier and a lot more versatile for a lot of different products. That's interesting how we had so much overlap on the primaries, but not on these <laughs> backup ideas. Because <laughs> I had uh, integration import supporting CSVs. So nice, easy GUI if you're, in, if you're bringing those in. Obviously, that's through App Engine. Uh, custom product notifications, those little alerts that you get on your desktop that says, hey, so-and-so responded to this. We can now do those easily. I also had log export to be able to take your logs in near real time, very large files from your instance, the log table, the system node log files, and send them out to say Splunk. And identity center, which I'm going to leave for you to go find out in tech now if you didn't watch it already it's uh, just a handy way to keep an eye on what users are doing or have done so that has been a lot of fun i look forward to doing this again in vancouver in six months <laughs> which is this is going to feel like six weeks <laughs> or six days to some of us <laughs> and uh you can find all of our contact i'll have it in the show notes but we can you can find lauren mcmanaman and pranav bagat Earl Duque and Chuck Tomasi on LinkedIn. I think we, we lucked out. We've all got pretty unique names that it's <laughs> easy to find us on Twitter or LinkedIn, and we'll be posting more there. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And thank you, wonderful listener, for listening along. Don't forget, you can check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. Find them all at servicenow.com slash community under the events menu. You can subscribe to this and any of those for absolutely free. Get them automatically delivered to you. You can find them wherever you find podcasts. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producer, well, that would be me, Chuck Tomasi. Video captions by Earl. He's hey. right there. Yep. And to find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, we invite you to head over to developer.servicenow.com. Again, thank you, Lauren, Pranav, and Earl. It's a good thing they're on my screen. I can just look at them and name them without having to think about it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Someone has an inappropriate noise, like a like a phone alarm. I'm gonna say a fart. <laughs> uh.
I dropped my potentiometer. Now I have no potential. I'll go last. Let me let me go last. No, I'm last. Oh no, let me go third. Let me go third. Oh my god, yes. Lauren, you're first. Okay, I didn't I didn't know if you were saying anything. Sorry. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. What was I saying? You're on mute. <laughs> what am I doing? I don't. Why is everyone so eloquent and I need help? <laughs> I'm just laughing. I think that will be just an hour take for me. <laughs> is it over yet? Can we keep going for a little bit longer, please? Has anybody ever said that? <laughs> yep. 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 I'll take that. I'm going to go make a podcast.